Welcome Lakers and Dodgers fans to episode 26 of the City of Champions podcast. My name is Edgar, your co-host, joined here by my co-host Gene, here to talk about the Dodgers and the Lakers. And this is actually our third time recording this episode, haven't had a chance to publish. And so much happens within like a day that it, you know, everything just gets outdated so quickly. But the madness that happened yesterday, a day before the trade deadline, usually everything comes down to the wire the last few hours. Everything happened yesterday. And some bombshells on the Lakers and the Dodgers side. Lakers picking up Westbrook and the Dodgers, of course, picking up Turner, picking up Scherzer, two All-Stars. I think they said it was the uh, first time a team picked up two All-Stars before the trade deadline that were All-Stars that same year. But Gene, give me your reactions, man. It's, oh man, it's, I'm still processing it. I really couldn't believe it for like the first half hour. It was just so crazy. Yeah. Um, it was crazy because of like, there's so much context to it, right? It was crazy because Rosenthal had tweeted out um, like five hours earlier before the Dodgers like jumped in that uh, Scherzer to the Padres was like nearing like the finish line or something like that. And you had text me like, oh, or I think I text you like one of us text the other one like Scherzer to the Padres. And I was like talking about it in a group text I have with some friends. And I was like, yo, fuck that. That's cra-. like annoyed, right? Uh, definitely annoyed that the Padres were going to come up on Scherzer. But, you know, whatever, it is what it is. And then it kind of went radio silent for a while in regards to Scherzer. And then, like, boom, the next text came that the Dodgers were, like, you know, finalizing and working on a block a blockbuster deal for Scherzer and Turner. And I had, it's funny, like, last weekend or two weekends ago, I had, like, you know, was talking with my brother about, like, trades and stuff. I was like, dude, we need to get Scherzer and Turner for the Nationals. Like, they're, they suck. Like, they have nothing going for this year. Just send them both our way. I'm never thinking it, it would happen. So, um, dog, I'm hyped. I don't, yeah, I'm hyped. I don't, I don't know what else to say, bro. I'm excited. Um, definitely fills uh, a need. Uh, an ace pitcher, front of the rotation pitcher, uh, playoff proven pitcher in Scherzer. Turner is a uh, versatile infielder, could play some outfield. Great bat at the top of the order. Um, our offense was kind of struggling a bit due to injuries, but, you know, it's great to plug him in there, um, in, into the lineup as well. So, um, and, and, and not to like forget about Danny Duffy, man. I think that's a solid pickup also because we, we, you and I have been talking about on previous podcasts about what the Dodgers were going to get. And and we had discussed that one, they should get a frontline starter like a Scherzer, like a Barrio, someone like that, but also get a back end starter as well to eat innings because Julio's innings were, were up. Um, Kershaw's hurt. Um, you know, you, you can't really trust David Price. I mean, Tony Gonson can be back there. So you get that in Duffy. He is hurt right now. He's only thrown 61 innings this year, uh, routinely throws over a hundred innings. So he has a lot of, lot, lot left in the tank. And so curious to see how Roberts is gonna, uh, use all of these arms, man. Cause now he technically has, I think like six or seven starting pitchers. And so we'll see, man, but I'm excited. Fuck yeah, dude. Hella hype, bro. Let's go. Yeah, man. It's. It's beyond belief, and you know we called it. We said frontline starter, back end pitcher. You know someone who can eat up innings. And Danny Duffy looks to be a pretty decent one. And I don't know if people saw, but I shared this picture yesterday where he's got two tattoos on his like forearm, Roman numeral eight and twenty four for Kobe. So he's yes, a real sir. one. He's a real one. He's uh, just a ton of respect right off the top. You know, I I, I don't know much about Danny Duffy. Haven't seen him play much, but that just tells me the uh, the mentality's there. 
Yeah. I mean, if you look at his stats this year, this is by far the best season. He He's having his best season. Uh, 2.5 ERA, 1.2 whip career. He's a 3.95 ERA guy, 1.3 whip. So he's definitely a back-end starter. Like we said, someone in the back-end to eat innings. That's all he needs to do. I am perfectly fine with that. Give Julio a couple, couple, you know, rests here and there between starts. Keep that arm fresh for the playoffs. Give Kershaw an extra. He's someone, like we said, can come in and give Kershaw a, a, a night off. Give Bueller a night off. And you're fine with that. You know he can go five, six innings. Um, but let me ask you this, bro. How do you feel about having to trade Ruiz and, uh, and Josiah Gray? Josiah Gray, I feel like, isn't that big of a loss. With pitchers, it takes a while for them to really come into their own. I'm more upset about Ruiz. I know we've got some more uh, catching prospects uh, down under, but and Will Smith, of course, uh, one of the best uh, hitting catchers in uh, baseball right now. But I wanted to see Ruiz. I, I really think he could have been. Uh, I really think he's going to be just a Goliath. Just he's going to hit home runs like nothing yeah. else. You know, he's going to be that kind of a player. So. Definitely, kind of, kind of upset that he went, but otherwise, I'm uh, I'm pretty happy. I I don't think we gave up much for what we got in return. We'll see what happens. And we've got the uh, technically we've got a backup for uh, Seager now. You know we can yeah. choose to let him walk, and that cannot be like missed, bro. That's a huge detail. I'm happy you brought that up. The fact that this gives us leverage in negotiations with Corey Seager. I'm all for resigning him. And Scott Boris is his agent, so we have already talked about he going to want the bag, right? Um, but it's just like how much – it's hard to put a value on him when he misses so many games, and he's not a good defensive shortstop. Trey Turner's the better defensive shortstop. And so this gives us a little bit of leverage of like if we don't feel comfortable paying Seager, then you know we can let him walk and technically be okay, right? Because you have Turner who can slide in that short. You still got Lux. You still got Taylor. You got Turner at third base, so I think he – probably time for him to move over to first base um and so you know we'll see that's a that's a great detail that you brought up and um as you as you mentioned i think i'm a little bit more bummed about seeing ruiz go the way he's raking this year um but right it to get talent it costs talent and i think um i think uh, i think we did okay i think friedman did a great job um i told you bro trust in friedman you were not trusting in him bro I told you, you got to trust the dude. He always comes through, man. He moves in silence, bro. Real G's dog moving in silence like lasagna. You know that? Lil Weezy taught us that. Um, and, and, but he's 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 a beast, bro. He just owns the deadline. I'm just happy that we're in this place. You and I were just talking about, you know, Jeannie Buss and her paying the luxury tax, and we'll get into that later. But I'm happy that we're part of a franchise where our, our front office is going to always go for it and always put us in a position to win. You know, even if we get frustrated with, you know, how the team performs and whatnot, it's not for the lack of the front office. They're always going to put us in a position to win. Um, so let, let's move on to our next topic, bro. Um, let's talk about some other teams and the trades they made. Is there any, I, I just typed down some notes on some notable trades that happened around baseball, but maybe throw out one or two that stick out to you. You're like, oh, that's interesting. That might, you know, be important come playoff. This team may have, like, strengthened themselves come playoff time. Any teams concern you? Any teams worry you? So what are your thoughts on other teams and their trades? First of all, I've got a – my hat's off to the Yankees. Bro. They, uh, they pulled off one of the best trade deadlines ever. Gallo and Rizzo. And when I first heard about 
the Rizzo, I was like, God damn, he is the perfect player for the Yankees. You know, he can be that leader. We know they're very big on uh, their captains. Jeter was the previous captain. I don't think there's a captain now. But Rizzo really reminds me of that type of player, to have that kind of, you know, character as a person, as a player, as a leader on the field. And then Gallo, just a monster, especially this year with his arm in the outfield, just ridiculous. Behind the plate, he's just, he's a monster. He crushes the ball. So, man, yeah, that, that that's the one that stood out to me for sure. I was surprised by the Yankees because I thought they might be sellers. It was nice to see them go for it, bro. Picked up two huge bats, like you said. But a move that stood out to me, and I was just like, okay, we might have to see you guys down the line, is the White Sox. And uh, picking up two relievers, uh, both from the Cubs, uh, Tapera and Kimbrel. But, bro, they already have an all-star in um, uh, Hendricks. Liam Hendricks, so they already have an all-star closer, and now you pick up probably the best closer in the game right now in Craig Kimbrell. So that's a, and then you add another bullpen arm. So their bullpen is tough, man. Very, very tough pitching um, down down in Chicago. So the White Sox definitely positioning themselves to make a run at the uh, the World Series. So that move definitely caught my eyes, man. But I love to see when teams go for it, man. So I'm happy they made that move. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So tell me, uh, tell me, tell me, tell me, who are the favorites? For the World Series, Buster only said the Milwaukee Brewers were going all the way. Buster only what the fuck? He is nuts. He's um, crazy. The Brewers needed a bat, bro, and they didn't make that. I mean, they got uh, I think Escobar from the Diamondbacks to play second base or something like that. But they needed a bat. Like their pitching is great. They have a great back end of the bullpen, but you need to be able to hit, man. So that offense is suspect. But if I had to pick, so obviously I feel like the NL is going to be the Dodgers. I feel like um, our pitching is solid. I feel like our bullpen is slept on. I think our bullpen is actually really good. Uh, when you remove, take out all the stats from guys who are not going to pitch in October, you see that we have a lot of good high-end arms, and picking up Duffy really helps. So, um, and then you, our offense, bro, we just got to get healthy, and then we're good. So I think we're coming out of the NL. Dodgers coming out of the NL to the World Series. And then out of the AL, I got the Houston Astros. And I feel like it's time to get revenge, bro. Oh, I feel like it's time goodness. to get. I feel like I feel like it's time to get revenge. I feel like we had to beat that ass in October one time, just to feel good, and, and you know, never forget about 2017. We just beat that ass one time. Um, but I think they made some moves to address some pitching. Picked up Graveman. Um, you know, their offense is always good, and so um, I mean, but the AL is going to be tough, man, because the Red Sox are solid. Tampa Bay's always sneaky good. The White Sox, um, you know, Houston. So it's going to, you know, Yankees made some big-ass moves. So the AL is going to be really tough. But I feel, at least for the Dodgers, I feel like we are by far the best team in the NL. I think the Padres fucked up at the deadline. Uh, Frazier's cool. Hudson's a cool bullpen piece. But they didn't address their starting rotation. And and everyone knows they wanted Scherzer. And, you know, too close. You're almost there, but they didn't quite get it, Junior. And so the the Padres, I think for sure, um, didn't address their biggest need, which is uh, front-end pitching. The Giants, I don't believe in their rotation come October. Uh, Bryant's cool. Chris Bryant's a great pickup, but I don't believe in their rotation. The Mets, is DeGrom healthy? I, I just report that he had another setback today. You know, And Bias is cool, but he strikes out a ton. So who's going to pitch behind like DeGrom? So that, that's the Mets' concern. Uh, Phillies, Phillies are sneaky, bro. 
Don't sleep on the Phillies. Phillies can for sure catch the Mets. But and the Brewers again, no, not enough offense. So I feel good about the Dodgers coming out the NL. The AL, my pick is the uh, is Houston. Like I said, the AL's tough. What do you think? Do you think uh, we're the favorites to to win the whole thing? First of all, who's managing the Astros? Alex, no, it's uh, Dusty Baker, dog. Yeah, that should tell you enough about how good they're going to be in the playoffs, all right? So they're not going <laughs> anywhere. They're not going anywhere. Um, for me, it's the Dodgers all the way. The Dodgers, I think. I mean, come on. Bueller, Scherzer, Kershaw, Udias, one, two, three, four. In the AL, that's that's a little bit tougher. I want to say the White Sox because again they're playing so well and they're stacked. But I could see the Rays sneaking in because the Rays always just do that. You know they know. They know how to play baseball, and they do it really well, and they, they'll give any team a hard time. So it could be the Rays coming out of there too. Who knows? Deadline is past us. Uh, we're recording this on Friday. Deadline just passed at 1 o'clock today. So deadline's past us, man. Now it's just, at least for our for our sake, for the Dodgers' sake, it's time to get healthy, and it's time to perform, man. Um, all these moves don't matter if we don't win the chip, right? It's championships or bust in L.A., so we got to get it done. But let's take a let's take a break and then we'll come back. We'll talk about the uh, the Lakers. They've uh, had a lot going on yesterday as well. At just about the exact same minute as the uh, Dodgers news dropped, talk about it more. All right, City of Champion podcast listeners, it's time to talk about your Los Angeles Lakers and what a day yesterday, man. Russell Westbrook, the bomb that was dropped. Westbrook coming to the Lakers for a package of Montrez, Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell Pope, and our second or the 22nd uh, pick, our first round pick uh, in last night's draft since we're recording this Friday. So this was crazy um, because I first, Edgar, I first texted you and I said, Buddy Hill trade, because that's the bomb Woads dropped. The Lakers are nearing a deal to acquire Buddy Hield, uh for Kuzma and Montrez Harrell. So that was the first bomb that was dropped. But then Shams drops a completely different bomb. Shams says, Lakers are finalizing a deal to acquire, uh, acquire Russell Westbrook. And so we have two different bombs dropped. Hella confusing. I, I tweeted out, man, I don't know what's going on. I'm excited and confused at the same time. I was excited for both trades. And it ends up being Russell Westbrook, man. Give me your reactions to the trade. First of all, Shams dominated Bosch last night. He did. Facts. Shout out! Shout out to Shams for that. He's uh, he's been uh, just killing the game lately. Good to see him uh, on the rise, man. It's crazy. But um, man, what a just! It was first of all, it happened at the exact same time as the Kyber Ruiz tweet. You know, you're you're sitting there and you see that Kyber Ruiz is uh, getting pulled from the game, scratched from the lineup. And then you see that the Dodgers are getting close to Trey Turner and Scherzer, and you're like, oh, shit. And then at the exact same time, you get the Westbrook, I mean Westbrook trade. And I, I, I remember texting you. I'm like, is this real? Like, is this real? Because like, I didn't know. There, there's so many fake Jeff Pass, and there's so many fake Woj accounts that you know sometimes they get you <laughs> with, with their trades. They're breaking news. And so... 
I was just like texting, like, is this real? Like looking through Twitter, like trying to confirm. I'm really happy with it, man. I'm I'm really happy with it. I love Russell Westbrook. He is a fighter. He's a dog. He's just, he's going to go out there, give it his all every single game. Everyone knows that about him. He addresses a lot of our needs. Now, I know a lot of people talk about how he's not a great fit. We need shooters. We need shooters, this and that. And we do need shooters. And that's going to be Rob Polinka's next mission and goal to get some shooters. But Russell Westbrook absolutely fits in with his team. He covers a lot of areas of need. He is another playmaker who can take control when LeBron is off the court taking a rest. He is a guy that can take over the game if LeBron and AD are you know resting. He will get guys the open look. He showed that last year with uh, with the Wizards where he just went on a rampage the second half of the season. He is a really good player. There is a reason why he averages triple doubles. People write him off because he's never won a championship because he's had KD and ever since KD left, he hasn't had the same kind of success. But hey, man, you could say that the same thing about KD. What's he done without, you know, three all-stars in Clay, Steph, and uh, Draymond Green? He's done nothing, you know? Without Russ, he's done nothing. And so it's 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 crazy. He's, he's just he's a really good really good player. He's a really good player. He's going to make us better, and we're going to have a, a hell of a team. And it's Lakers in four. Now, dog, it's Suns in four, dog. Suns in four. Psych. Um. So, uh, the Westbrook trade. So, my reactions, bro, were were two parts. Um. Number one was excitement, like oh fuck, like we got Russell Westbrook. That's a big ass name, and I've always loved Russell Westbrook's intensity passion he's a dog he plays hard a lot of positive things but you and i on this pod have talked about multiple times spacing the need for shooting and all that so there's also a little bit of reservation as far as like how he fits in with lebron and ad um but i'm hearing a lot of good things in the sense that i'm hearing that lebron and ad have said that they will shift to play the five and four more to open up the floor a bit for Russell Westbrook. I think that's a huge step. I think that's extremely important. It allows uh, just to, uh, for us to do so much more on offense. Uh, but I'm just, I'm excited, but also just, I want to wait and see. I want to wait and see how Palinka fills out the rest of the roster. Um, we we definitely need some shooting, man. Um, definitely need some shooting to, to put in there. Uh, I, I just I find it hard to see a traditional center playing with AD LeBron and Westbrook, but you know we'll see. I'm excited, like you said. Uh, I think the biggest thing I'm excited, like you said, that he legit can carry a team. He carried the Wizards for long stretches last season, um, and so my biggest excitement or the thing I'm most excited about is uh, when LeBron goes to the bench, just give Westbrook the ball and get the fuck out the way, right? And and he can carry the team, and we have not had that. Even AD struggles with that. We've yep. seen it. So Russ is a proven. Give me the ball, spread the floor, high screen roll. Let's get out and run, and he'll take care. Of, he'll take care of everything else, and that's going to be huge to allow LeBron to rest. So I, I see why they wanted a legit playmaker because it really allows LeBron to rest. So so that's huge, man. Um, but I want to transition to another topic. Real well, no, quick. it's it's good you bring Go that up, bro. right? On just on a quick uh, last note, because uh, let's remind people of how the Lakers played when Dennis Schroeder was leading the team, right? When we wanted him to be the guy to take control and take over the team when AD and LeBron were out, didn't work out so well. So 
with Russell Westbrook, you've got a guaranteed playmaker who's going to take control, even if your two best players are out of the game for long stretches at a time. He's that guy. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Uh, but I wanted to talk about the Buddy Hill trade, man, because like I said, the first bomb that was dropped was Buddy Hill. And we early on in the pod a couple episodes ago when we were, you know, in the first offseason uh, of the Lakers discussing potential trade candidates, we discussed Buddy Hill and we discussed the importance of his shooting and how that would open up the offense, so on and so forth. And it was the, the name we kept hearing in the rumor mills on Twitter this this entire week. And so that trade at the moment seems to be gone on pause. I don't know, but are you still wanting to try to get Buddy healed? Oh, absolutely. Like, if we get him, it's game over. It is yeah. legitimately game over. I agree. And so, like, let's discuss a little bit about what needs to happen in order for this to occur. So let me just run through a couple scenarios real quick. Number one. Number one scenario. The Washington Wizards-Lakers trade gets opened up bigger to include Sacramento. And we would have to include another player. So I, I imagine something like including Dennis Schroeder in the signing trade to Washington and in Washington rerouting Harold and Kuzma to the Kings or something like that. Or maybe rerouting like another player like Bertans or something to the Kings and then the Kings send us Buddy Hield. That's one option. But the word is that the Wizards might not be that interested in Dennis Schroeder. I don't, I don't know how true that is, but that's the word. Uh, another option is we do some type of signing trade for like THT uh, and Caruso to the Kings for Buddy Hill. I don't see the Lakers doing that. And then um, I also don't see the Kings doing that because they have a bunch of guards. The Kings just drafted Mitchell. Uh, they have Halliburton and they have Fox. Um, they just traded one of their guards though. So that just happened while we were recording. So that's something to, to think about. They just traded DeLon Wright. So they did just move a guard. So they might be interested in another guard. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, but another way to get it done is just work. It's going to have to be a three-team trade where the Lakers are signing trading Schroeder somewhere, and then that team is sending assets or players to the Kings, and the Kings send us Buddy Hield. So it's definitely still possible. Definitely still possible. It's just uh, Palinka has to work a little bit of magic, and I think whether we get Hield or not, whether we get, I would love Buddy Hield. I would love Buddy Hield. But if we get him or not, the most important thing to me is that you cannot lose Schroeder for nothing. You have to leverage the resource of his salary. I don't care about the player so much. I'm just saying the salary. If he's going to sign for $20 million, we need to sign and trade that $20 million to bring back two to three players. Because at this point, we, we've talked about this on the pod multiple times. At this point, all we have is a taxpayer mid-level, 5.8, million, and veteran minimum contracts. That is it, unless it's uh, THT and Caruso because we have their bird rights. So, yeah, so what are your thoughts on, on, on those scenarios and whatnot? No, I absolutely think we have to sign and trade Schroeder. we got to reserve or preserve that cap space, right? Gives us about $20 million more. That's one good player, two pretty good players, or, you know, some depth. So we absolutely need to get it done. Uh, some shooters out there that are available, of course, Danny Green, who's been with us uh, in the past. He's won a championship with us in 2020. J.J. Redick. One of the best scorers the NBA has ever seen. As far as like pure shooter, he's one of the best to ever do it. Um, so I'm I'm excited. I mean, I think there's there are a lot of options out there, but like you said, it's crucial that we sign and trade Dennis Schroeder. Otherwise, it's going to make it really hard for us to get uh, to get that depth. And honestly, it's just a, it's a waste of money. It's 
money out the window, so we can't let that go to waste. Yeah, I hear you. And um, as we're recording, there are some there are some trades going down. Dallas just traded Josh Richardson to uh, Boston. Um, the Hawks traded Chris Dunn. Uh, the Celtics traded Tristan Thompson. So there's a lot of parts moving. Um, and Dallas is a team to keep an eye on uh, just because um, they've been wanting to get a guard. They've been rumored to be in on Kyle Lowry. So I, I don't know if they'd be interested. I'm not saying that they would be interested in Schroeder, but, um, you know, if if they want a guard, man, <laughs> uh, we got one. <laughs> we got one we're trying to move. If you want a guard, man, if you can send us back some shooting, uh, that would that would be great. But um, so uh, moving on. So uh, let's talk about what it is that the Lakers need now. So you got your you got your top three players. You got your center big uh, in in AD. You got your wing big in LeBron. You got your point guard in in Russell Westbrook. Those guys are going to get you give you. 34 to 38 minutes a night and the playoffs are going to be giving you 36 to 40 minutes a night. So you, your foundation is solid. So what is it that we need now, Edgar, as a Lakers team? Shooters. Facts. We need shooters and uh, shooters, man. It's on, on. If we get JJ Redick, it's game over. Buddy Hill, JJ Redick. Not, not oh, both shit. of them, but if we get like, we don't, if, if we get JJ Redick, just, Imagine all the space he's going to get to work with. You're talking about a 40% career three-point shooter. Game over. Put someone else next to him, maybe like a Danny Green takes a vet minimum. Game over. So there's a lot of things the Lakers could do. We are limited in salary, but we can do a lot of things, and it really depends on Dennis Schroeder, unfortunately. Hopefully he does the right thing, right? He doesn't pull a a little dang where he just screws us over. Um yeah. What do you think yeah, we need? I mean, I agree with you. So I put two things down. I put down that we need shooting and we need wings. We need wing defense. Right now, our only wing, well, we have two wings. We have LeBron and Alfonso McKinney. And we know McKinney's not going to be playing too much. So we have LeBron. That's literally our only wing right now. So we need wings, man. That's what we need to be targeting this offseason and wings that could shoot. So I put down a couple players uh, Danny Green, Reggie Bullock, uh, Nicholas Batum. Uh, P.J. Tucker, I mean, not the best shooter, but a really good wing defender. Otto Porter Jr., I think, is number one on my list. I know he's often injured, but he'd be a great pickup if we got Otto Porter Jr. Uh, routinely shoots 40% from the three-point line. Big, 6'8", six, 6'9", six, can guard two, threes, and fours. So that's super versatile defender that can shoot. That'd be huge. I think he might be out of our price range a bit. Um and so, you know, if not him, someone like Danny Green would be great. Reggie Bullock would be great. Like I said, Nicholas Batum. Um, so we need guys on the wings that can play defense and shoot the ball. That That's what I'm looking for. Um, some names that have been floated around that would be interested in coming to the Lakers. Uh, Rudy Gay's name has been coming up a lot on Twitter. Rudy Gay and uh, and Mello, bro. Carmelo Anthony. That's another name that's really been good, uh, coming up. So those are, those are two great veteran minimum options. So those are two great veteran minimum options, but I'm looking for just um, I'm looking for some starting caliber players. Not that Melo or, or Rudy Gay can't start. I just don't see them starting at the twos and threes. So um, you know another name is Patty Mills. That's a great shooter, not a great defender. That's a little bit of my concern when we traded KCP. I'm not going to lie, is that we gave up shooting and defense. So 
Um, but we'll see, bro. I I 100% trust Rob Palinka uh, to to get the job done. And then on top of that, bro, when you got Braun, AD, Russell Westbrook, dudes are gonna want to come to LA for the veteran minimum. Um, not just because we have a big three, bro, but literally we have nothing else on our roster, so we can offer playing time. We can offer playing time to guys. Hey, come for the vet min. Get 20, 25 minutes, showcase to the league what you can do, then get the bag next year. That's what uh, Howard and uh, Danny Green did, right? Exact same thing. Yeah. So um, so we'll see, man. Um, so moving on to our last topic in regards to the Lakers, let's close up the pod with um, we didn't draft any players yesterday because we traded our draft pick, but we did uh, pick up some undrafted players. We signed a couple. Uh, so far, I've seen four guys. Uh, names, names pop up, so I just want to take some time and talk about each. Um, I get really excited for um, Summer League. I get really excited for rookies, undrafted players, because there's always some hidden gems, man. Always some hidden gems that, that, that teams, that teams uh, uncover. Mac, Mac McClung? Bro, so Edgar's hype for Mac McClung listeners. Uh, I, I, I'm not a big fan of Mac McClung, but that is one person who we extended a training camp invite to. He will be on the Summer League roster. Uh, Mac McClung, most notably known for uh, his dunks. He's a highlight dunker. The kid got to bounce. And to me, that's about it. Um, I, I'm not going to say I've watched a lot of tape, but just reading his scouting report, that's what everyone says. Just like crazy athleticism, decent shooter from three at 34%. But I don't see him making the roster. But I do see him getting the Laker faithful up on their feet in the Vegas Summer League, in the Sacramento Summer League, if the Lakers attend that one. So uh, Mac McClunk is one. Uh, Another person who we extended an Exhibit 10 contract to, and I was reading through what the Exhibit 10 contract is, and really it just gives the team, it's like a training camp invite, but it gives the team almost rights to the player to join their G League or more incentive for the player to join the G League team. I think there's more money attached to it or something like that. But uh, Sean D. Brown uh, out of the University of Michigan. And I was reading his scouting report. And the guy said, um, the scout said, uh, prototypical 3 and D player. Uh, a dog who works his ass off on defense. Um, he's ready to play now. He's hungry. He's going to give you 100%. Brings energy. And I was watching his film and it was exactly that, bro. Um, great shooter. Uh, really great shooter. Catch and catch and shoot shooter. Um was knocking down shots at the University of Michigan. Um, and then just playing hard-nosed defense, man. Just playing really, really tough defense. So he's someone to keep an eye on. Um, the floating around on Twitter was uh, some messages between him and someone else. And they said, um, they, I think they asked him something like, oh, do you think you'll make the G League roster? And I think his response was something along the lines of like, I'm going to make the Lakers roster. I will be on the Lakers. Get it. Let's see, so let's see. I, I, I like that confidence. I like that confidence. All right, next, uh, we got two two-way players. So um, we got to say bye to the Adetokounmpo brother, but I'm pretty sure he dipped already to Greece. And we got to say bye to Devontae Kaycock unless Lakers sign him to a vet main contract. Um, so we got two uh, two-way players, two new two-way players. First one out of the University of Gonzaga, Joel Ayayi, uh, 21 years old, watching his film. Um, and just the scouting report, reading through the scouting report, moves really, really well without the ball. Doesn't stand still, relocates to shoot, a lot of backdoor cuts, finds open space. Really intelligent player. He's from France, uh, you know, so moves really well without the ball. Uh, also a really good spot-up shooter, um, really good mechanics, catches and releases really quickly. 
Um, also really good in the pick and roll, pretty good pick and roll ball handler in, in playmaker. Uh, a lot of people, um, believe Mikey Garcia, um, you know, he was on a lot of Lakers podcasts this week talking about the draft and he had him as a late first round, second round pick. And he actually had him and the other guy as the top two undrafted players available after the draft. And the Lakers got both, which is huge. Um, so solid player at university of Gonzaga. And then the next one is Austin Reeves, 23 years old, signed him to a two way contract out of the university of Oklahoma. So this one is a really interesting case. I was watching his film and he has a lot of film where he's a completely different player, which I think is interesting. His first couple years, he was at Wichita state and he was just a spot up shooter, bro. That's it. He was like there, you know, he was that guy on that team. Like, Hey, don't lose him. He's the shooter. Just catch and shoot from deep release. Great, great shooter, great shooter. But then watching his film, when he went to the uh, university of Oklahoma, he, they put him on the ball. So he was a primary ball handler. Um, and he was a really good playmaker, uh, really good, cra- really crafty with the ball, gets to the rim, um, really good in mid range, good from three point, uh, from three point range. So, and he's six, six. Um, so he's a pretty big, uh, playmaker. So I, I view him in the NBA. Maybe he's like, maybe like a Joe Ingles type player, maybe like a Joe Ingles type player where he can shoot, but he can also facilitate, right? But he's going to be a really good shooter in the NBA but he has other things to his game that people probably don't know about. So I'm really excited both for Reeves, Ayayi, and Brown. Like I said, I don't think McClung makes the roster, but I'm excited to see them in summer leagues, and I, I hope they make an impact on the um, impact on the Lakers this season. Uh, word is that they could have got drafted, at least Reeves and Ayayi. They could have got drafted in the second round, but they passed on getting drafted to go play for the Lakers because they knew there would be an opportunity for playing time. So we'll see. We shall see. That's right. Yeah, man. And so that 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 about does it for the pod. Uh, about does it for this episode. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Thank you for rocking with us. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at underscore city of champs. Uh, make sure you're checking out um, our store has now moved up, uh, moved to the gear up, uh, the gear up store. So make sure you, you check the link in the bio on Twitter. Um, uh, a lot of great gear on there, Dodger gear, Lakers gear, City of Champs gear. So make sure you're, you're checking out the Gear Up website and copping your merch. Theo Albert shirts, uh, Max Scherzer shirts coming, um, Chris Taylor shirts coming, Mookie Bet shirts already on there, Justin Turner. Uh, we already know we got to do a Brody shirt. Edgar's working on a Brody shirt. Russell Westbrook shirts coming soon. So uh, we appreciate you guys. We appreciate the support. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. And uh, catch us on the next one, man. Exciting exciting uh, rest of the baseball season, exciting NBA offseason. All right. Thank y'all. Peace.